Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's jump into it. We'll start at the 101 level for people that have might have just heard of NFT, but they have no idea what an NFT is. What, it, what exactly is an NFT? So NFT is an acronym for non-fungible tokens. Um, first, you know, I always say every level of consciousness comes with a new language. Same thing with every industry that you break into. You got to sort of learn the language and the lingo to start understanding it, to really interact with it. So you really start to get to what is fungible and what is fungibility, right? And so it's like, I would ask the question, and I can ask this to you all and to the audience as well, is gold fungible or non-fungible? And why? Well, I'll... So it can all depend. Right, so, so let's say it's 24 karat gold fungible or non-fungible. So it's all in the same class. So fungible means that you can't duplicate it, right? It can be fungible means it can be duplicated. That's why like it's NFT is non-fungible. non-fungible. You can't duplicate yeah, it, right? So. so for my so I would say gold, you can't duplicate gold, can you? You can make fake gold. So I would say I don't know. Can you duplicate a 24? I mean, I guess you, if it's 24 karat, you, you can you, you can make another 24 karat. But but how can you make another 24 karat gold? Uh-huh. Well, when you hear fungible, think of interchangeable. Okay. That's a, a quick cliff notes. So, all right, we're back. So, in, back in grammar for, school. So, <laughs> teach us, please. But, 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 yeah, it is more interchangeable, uh, interchangeable, right? Something you can exchange. If you got, if somebody says, if you go to a dealer and say, "I want a kilo of gold," like this is a kilo of gold, it don't matter what dealer you go to, as long as it's gold, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say he loses, yo, yo, yo bar of gold right and he replaces it with another bar of gold what's the difference nothing it's the same value right mm-hmm. it all comes from the same class right it's the same reason we can take a dollar and it get exchanged for four quarters right it's interchangeable for the same values when something is unique so let's say that if you took that same gold that same gold and beyonce wrote her signature on the back of it you can't just replace that because now it's unique mm-hmm. so things can go from fungible to non-fungible Right. And so when things have non-fungibility, that's when they are unique assets, essentially. And they cannot be exchanged for other things where you just make it. You can just throw me something forward. It's like, no, I need that same thing. Right. And so that's what gives things value, rarity, collectibles and things of that nature is the fact that we have the ability um, to collect things that other people don't have. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can easily see the value in that. That's the law of supply and demand. Mm. Got so and, and you see the similarities in art. So like the Mona Lisa, Basquiat, because there's not seven thousand of them available, they become more exclusive. The price of them is higher. So th- there's their relatability there. Right. The comparison. 
Keys. And, and then it opens up a lot of door, a lot. So I also want to, as we talk about, and I hope the audience can understand it. I hope uh, I see a lot of comments saying that that was a good explanation. I'm trying to get it to the simplest terms so you can understand it, how you exchange non-fungible and fungible things in your life already. And this is just a digital version of fungible and non-fungible assets. Yeah, so I mean that that explanation was pretty clear cut, man. Appreciate that. I just want to know how did you come in contact with NFTs? Like, what what was your first experience with it? Who I mean, did somebody put you on? Like, how did this come about? You know what? I was racking my brain to try to figure out when did I exactly come in contact with NFTs, and I don't know. I don't know. Um, I remember my first real discussion with somebody when with on NFTs with my bro Idris Sandu. So mm. he actually pulled up on me and we had a cold conversation about it. I'm talking about highest level of degree. You understand me? And <clears throat> my first experience, I would say, with that world was when we met up. It was in L.A. and he showed me spatial reality. Right. Well, let's just, so let's just, let's about, just, I want them to know who he is because he's very important. Can't okay. Yeah. Can't, yeah, shout out, shout out to, first of all, I just said, it's probably one of the most important persons in the tech space and you all are going to know why right in the future um as he has a lot of great things coming right but i just said do is the one who created the smart store for nipsey hustle right mm -hmm. nipsey hustle and him famously met in the starbucks he also worked on the explorer page for instagram right he taught himself coding i mean you're talking about Everybody that's somebody in the tech world has reached out to him for partnership and work. And I want to say partnership because he always comes from an ownership standpoint. You understand me? They wanted him to go to MIT. He turned it down and continue to do his self-education. Right. He did things like AR for uh, for Beyonce to Rihanna to Kanye West and anybody that somebody reaches out to him. He is like the first superstar black young black man in that tech world, you understand me, that's just known. He likes to be known as a tech architect. So yeah. I'm not a genius, but he's a tech architect and he's somebody very important to be known. And we often don't highlight figures such as himself, right? Because it doesn't come with the flash of a celebrity. And that's what Nipsey Hussle was trying to get people to understand like, yo, pay attention to him. He can do yeah. hardware and software. He's very rare. And he was just, a, he was also, so Nipsey Hussle, made him the CTO, mm -hmm. Chief Technology Officer of um, All Money In. And uh, that's the first time I got introduced to him. I was watching an interview with Nipsey and he was talking about like how he wanted to have the um, the Crenshaw, his store in Crenshaw, all, yeah. all smart, all smart, smart store. store. Yeah, and, um, curve. Yeah, and uh, of course we know he was in the um, to crypto and all of that, but yeah, the brother was actually like, the brains behind a lot of the technical stuff that he was doing. Yeah. And um, he really, really championed him. So, you know, once again- I feel like he's our Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I see a lot of- No, really? They, they're trying to figure out who he is. That That's a great homework assignment. And hopefully we get the the a chance to- We got to highlight him. We, we got to connect, connect with him, him and, and get yeah. him on and, yeah. and and really champion him, man, because he's doing amazing listen, work. Listen, I, I ever since I met him, I always use, like, we, we, we've done a few conversations and we had a high level conversation on my podcast. And, and to that point, we had a great conversation about NFT, spatial reality, and everything. And I don't know what happened. You understand me? But when I went back to go upload that, because he was hitting me, I was like, when you go upload it? And I'm like, bro, I'm going to get to it. I got this diamond right here. I'm like, I'm holding this. You know what I'm saying? And I went to go upload it, and, you know, it was gone. I don't know if Zuckerberg took it down. <laughs> hey, 
some one of them tech giants disrupted. Google's this got shit. it. Yeah, because it was before, it was before the NFT thing took yeah. mainstream conversation. So we would have really blasted it out and been at the forefront of breaking it down on so many different levels. That was so, that was actually part yeah. of the conversation. I was like, we were talking yeah. about your podcast. And you're like, I just did this fire interview like two weeks. Yeah. Ago. Oh, word! You got itch. Oh, we have to meet him. And then I yeah. heard. When we did the live the other night, I'm like, wait, you lost it? Nah. Mm. Come on, no way, no way. That's tough. <laughs> Run it yeah. back. And that's um, NFTs went everywhere. You know exactly. Yeah. But it's and, fine, though. I want to publicly give you your credit because I always tell you when we talk in IG, um, you're one of the the one of the best speakers I've ever heard and one of the hardest working brothers I've ever met. So I got a little three-part, you know, I'm gonna do my little Oprah thing. Uh, so can you walk <laughs> us go, through? Let's go, let's go, Ian. Because in order to get to this level that you're at, can you walk us through your study habits? Because every time I hit you, you're working on something. So that, where can they begin investing in NFTs? And then can you walk us through how you network? Because everyone I talk to be like, yo, and you know, thanks to the collaboration, I got a little bit popular, but like, yo, you know, 19, dudes be going crazy. Like, shout out to my guy, Carl. He was like, yo, 19 gonna be going like, so yeah. everywhere I go, people, are clamoring to, to your information. And like you said, you're very resourceful, but can you walk us through networking, your study habits, and then where they actually can invest? Because I think there's some great lessons, even for the business owners that may not be interested in NFTs, that the networking um, and study habits may help them as well. Yeah, um, that's a very great question. Um, and shout out to, to any and everybody that sees value in the platform. You know, my platform essentially started off just speaking truth to power. You understand me? And showing an example of the things that I was doing. Right. The first time I was ever hired to speak, I had 500 followers and I was in my own store. You understand me just talking mm -hmm. about my process of evolution and, and my thought process of design. You understand me? And the students there asked the person that was ahead of the program, like, yo, can you have keys come in here and speak to us? And I had a vision already for everything that I do. I don't just go in there and say, OK, I'm going to collect this money and then that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went in there with the idea of building a global brand. You understand me off of speech, which is a lot of audacity to say that this is like go, go viral and the world going to care about everything that you got to say. But what I understood from the many conversations that I would have with people on a daily basis is that they were all, nobody ever put it like that. Like, yo, you think different things of that nature. So I knew that it already had value. You understand me? Because it's not fungible. The conversation mm -hmm. is not fungible. You understand me? You, you can't exchange this for anything else because of the pattern of thinking is different. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business gold card. Because of the way I grew up is different, right? I grew up in Oakland, California, um, under a very like militant black Muslim paradigm to where I seen things different. So once I engaged with the digital world, the first video I put out went viral, right? The second, third, and I learned a lesson. I believe it was Kevin Hart that said something similar. He said, when you have the fire lit, it's easy to keep the fire going than it is to relight the fire. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make sure that I never stopped. You understand me? And I just kept going. I kept it in motion. And I continued to work and build out my plan. Now, when it comes to 
um, networking and my ideas towards research, particularly the way I network is I just work, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm my type of person that if you meet me and you don't know who I am, that's okay, right? I'm gonna let the work speak for itself. I'm not gonna introduce myself. That's up to you to find out if you're in that same world and you care about those things that I care about, right? And so I do that to people all the time. Like I'm 19 keys, but I'm not about to explain I do this, that, and the third. I yeah, feel like- focused on the craft. Yeah, I'm focused on yeah. the craft and it eventually it's go, you, you go fall into that world and be like, oh, I just met that bro. Like, oh, oh, I heard your name. I didn't know what you look like. You understand me? I heard you on conversation. I work for that, right? I work to be in the minds of all our people. You understand me? Like that's my target audience is our culture. So I don't ever want to be in a room and it's 10 black people in it and one of them don't know me. I need to know at least one out of 10. That let me know that I'm reaching the minds that I target to reach. Yeah. Um, so that's my networking is putting out the information. You understand me? Being genuine, sticking to my values, my mission and my vision. And people gravitate towards the message and then they tap in people from all ranks and all lives. So I hope that answers your first question. I know it wasn't like super direct, but I'm also a person that'll call people. You understand me? Like I'll call people behind the scenes and just ask them how they doing. You understand mm -hmm. me? Like I don't need anything from nobody. So it's never like, oh, I'm going to try first, to start, yeah. start a business with somebody or this. It's yeah. just let me converse because communication lacks in our community. Right. And that communication is how we give each other access to resources and mastermind. I've started multiple mastermind organizations. Right. Because I started off being a part of organizations when I was younger. And I felt that the thing that we was always missing was inclusion. Like it's what you all practice here. Mm -hmm pulling up a seat at the table for everybody which yeah. brings solidarity you understand me which everybody coming together for a common cause which creates unity now we are unified and solid on the same agenda and then we go towards um organization right so then we organize the order and the flow of these things so that we have a hierarchy in the system on how we go build it out and then the system allows us to build an institution and then the institution allows us to build our own world so i think in formulas when it comes to anything that I want to do. And the way that I even research is from that same formula base, right? Mm -hmm. Like I do everything in steps and layers. Like I got to ask myself the question, even preparing for this, you know, what is the value? Not just new knowledge, because all new knowledge is not value, True. right? Like new knowledge could be, hey, we're going to be on EYL tonight. That's new knowledge. But that doesn't mean it's valuable to you at this moment or to your life whatsoever, which is why a lot of people don't deep dive in things such as digital assets. They don't know the value of it until somebody can frame it in a reference to where it's valuable. Mm -hmm. So I like to take concepts of things that people can't understand and conceptualize it without losing so much data. You know what I mean? Which all of the information that allowed me to understand it, how can I bring it to the masses where they can understand it simply? So even that analogy that I gave earlier was me thinking about how can I condense this down so a third grader can start to understand the idea of NFTs. So I know that I do sort of like deductive reasoning. You understand me? I think that that's my way of going about things. Um, sometimes it's, and, and there's like three different reasonings I, I recently just looked up. I think it's abductive, inductive, and deductive. And they'd all talked about your process of going to, uh, about a hypothesis and then filling in the gaps to see if you're right, Yeah. right? So for me, I call it being a high level observer. I observe first, right? And then I go get the information to verify my hypothesis, 
right? So I'm going to learn language first, right? I need to know what an NFT is. I need to look at what is uh, fungible and what is fungibility, what is non-fungibility, right? Where does that word come from? Then I need to go look at who are the early thought leaders on this conversation before it became this. And, and who are some of those thought so leaders? And what, what are some of the sites for those who want to know at home? Um, well, in the recent thought leaders, I want to shout out Lady Phoenix. Lady Phoenix is the one who brought people to the platform. Um, she brought people to, what's the one with the audio clubhouse, right? So she the one introduced them to this world and they built up the hype for his campaign. I didn't right? know that. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Lady Phoenix. Lady Phoenix. Wow. She's a black woman. I believe she's from Oakland and she is really like one of the curators of that community right now. Like she, she just had a conversation with a lady who said that is documented in her transaction. Like she was the first one to produce digital art, but she did it on the blockchain rather than as an NFT. Cause she was trying to prove the concept of what this thing was to her fellow art buddies. And so they're really creating a curation of it. You understand me very heavy in this space. And that's really the only person I want to shout out in that space. Um, but there's also, and, and just to be quite frank, there's a whole culture and community, right? Mm-hmm. Like the crypto punks, you understand me? The made of mass, which all of these projects within that world, if you really want to go to like, who's the thought leaders, you gotta look at the early creators because they might not have a platform to thought lead, but they were the ones who actually pushed the projects out that everybody else is curating the information around. So like shout out to the early projects and we got a blockchain so nobody can lie. That's the whole point of the blockchain. It's all verified. You can mm-hmm. check transaction history and see who did it. And if you ain't that person that handled that transaction, then you ain't the early thought leader. So the blockchain is a, and, and I'm sure we're gonna get into that, is a, is a great verifiable system to see who did what, when, and where. So um, yeah, part of my process is finding those early thought leaders because I wanna know who shaped the conversation as it is today, right? And that's important because you lose originality when you don't know whose mind it came from. Cause we start following technical thinking. Like, oh, this is NFTs, how do I interact with them? That's not what you're supposed to think. You're supposed to go automatic creative. This is NFTs, all right, let me see how I wanna use it. That's your thought process. And when you go back to the early uh, um, thought leaders on it, then you can figure out, okay, oh, everybody's thinking about it like this because this is the person that steered the conversation and it got built off that way of thinking. But that doesn't mean that's what it has to be. Like. Early, probably about three, four years ago is when I really started talking about blockchain on my platform because I wanted black people to understand like, yo, don't you know this thing like called blockchain and cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin machines are out there. And so like I'm heavy and in, 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 like going hard on artificial intelligence and telling people about neural networks and stuff. And, yeah. you know, luckily I have the ability to articulate myself, but you're still always ahead of your time right? When people don't have the time to focus on it. It's not until it becomes standard. So my process is always finding the technology, the updates that our people need in order to be ahead in this race because we behind. So my research is finding early thought leaders, finding the language, then putting it in my own language because if I can't interpret it for myself, I don't want to be somebody who takes verbatim knowledge Mm -hmm. and then just recites that. That doesn't mean I understand it. That's what we learned in school, right? Technical thinking, that's just technique. It requires no abstract thought, no creative application whatsoever. So I always knew that when blockchain, when our people got with blockchain as well, 
is that we're going to find a creative utility for it. And that's when the world has mass adoption. It has great penetration. And so I think about in roundabout ways. And that's why I'm answering this question like that, because this is actually how my research works. You understand me? Anytime I have a thought and I need to fill in the gap and I can identify the what, then I'm going to research that what. You understand me? And then it leads me down this rabbit hole until I start to form my own way of thinking. And then I no longer have the research. I have my own understanding of this world and how I'm going to use it. So let me ask you uh, a question. And then, oh, Ian, also we found out OpenSea. That's a that's a, a site. OpenSea is an open easy sea. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're going to do OpenSea, you have to get um, a browser uh, <clears throat> first. So therefore, you have a cryptocurrency wallet attached to it. But that's the easiest one for you to be able to mint a NFT in like five minutes. Yeah. Does, does it matter which uh, currency wallet you use or should, are we going with Ethereum? Um, Ethereum right now, of course, the whole thing about Ethereum is the gas prices. And they saying that they're working on ways to make that better. Right. Um, and also earth friendly. Um, I know Tron is one. Um, there's a few of them my brother Idris gave me as well. And I'll make sure I pull that up before the end of the program. But Ethereum is not the only one. Um, and that's an important thing for people to also know. And I want everybody to think about this space is that it's not set. It's not solid. It's just the way we use in the technology right now. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. This is not the gatekeeper of this technology. This is the early beginning of it. So you should take this information and say, oh, since it's fresh, this is how I'm going to use it. Don't say that this is how you have to engage with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up trying. Oh, I'm on, I'm Shout out to YouTube. 6,000 people want to check in. Um, hit the like button if you can. Um, Shit, you got so much. I had a question for you, uh, 19. Um, so yes, sir. One of the dope things about it for me, and you explained this to us when you met it, is like, especially for creators, but really anybody, is that, you know, you get royalties on it, ongoing, in perpetuity. So it's like, yeah. if you, as opposed to like, if I'm an artist and I sell a painting, no matter how much I sell it for, if I sell it for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, it's a good payday, but that's it. Now I gotta go and make a new painting. Whereas with the NFT, you sell for, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it sells for. Now you set and you set the royalty on it. So when we spoke to Mark Cuban, he set his first royalty at 10 and then he kept raising it to like 50%. So you could potentially get, you know, up to like whatever you want, but in his case, 50%. So now if it gets sold again, he gets 50% of that. And then if it, but each time it's selling, keep in mind, it's selling probably for a higher amount. Mm -hmm. So you might've sold it for $2,000, but then when it gets sold again next year for $4,000, if you get 50% commission tech, you get the same amount as the first time that you actually sold it. Cause you sold it for yeah. 2000. And now when it gets sold for 10,000 and you get 5,000, you actually get more from it than you, the price that you originally set. So you don't actually have to like, try to charge a crazy amount because you're thinking about the resale value as well. That's a, listen, we can get into some real creative thought processes here when it comes to the utility of this, the secondary sale process of it is amazing because it puts ownership in the hands of the creators. You understand me? You get to own your digital assets. Essentially digital ownership is something that should be in everybody's vocabulary. Um, and understanding that, like, it's going to be, for me, all about your business model, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is saying that this whole thing can be a bubble. That's because a lot of these artists, right, are going to start off but not expand. A lot of them are going to shrink. The value of it is going to become less and less over time. 
You understand me? And it definitely will bubble for a lot of different people. And that's because they don't have any long-term business models, which is what you need for assets. Like my brother Ian just talked about something for 10 years. If it doesn't have 10 year growth plan or, or value, then what is the point of holding in the first place? What's the point of buying it? Mm -hmm. Unless you just buying it to trade. So it yeah. just becomes something that you trade very quick to make some money. That's the whole reason it's going to be a bubble because people are going to be holding things that's not worth anything. So my point of it is, once you go in there, and, and this is something that you want to think about as well, and I've seen that the luxury space is starting to get into it or think about getting into it, Gucci's and things of that nature, to where they think about having these digital twins, right? And the digital twins is essentially if I make a shirt like this, then I also have, or a crown, let's go to the crowns. <laughs> crown, you know what I'm saying? Then there's also a digital crown that you own as well that's equal to this crown. Now, let's say, and I will be doing my NFT drops, you understand me? And let's say that one of my NFT drops is an example that I have a digital crown. It's a 3D replication, you understand me? You buy this beautiful picture of it, but it also gives you access to a physical crown as well that only you, the person that bought that digital one, can actually have. So not only is it verifiable that, okay, how do I know that that one crown that Keys made you understand me? You have that one is because here's the transaction for it. I also have the digital twin to it, right? But also you can think that the digital twin doesn't always have to be connected to the physical. But if I was to give advice, right, then I would say always think about creating a physical item that connects to the digital one. Mm -hmm. I believe that the digital twin model is the way to go. So it is backed by something. Yeah. Think about the dollar. The dollar was like the digital asset as it is today. You understand me? Mm -hmm. But it used to be backed by something which was gold, gold yeah. right? It actually gave it real value. So if I want to have my digital asset, I need to have it backed by something so it actually has intrinsic value, right? So it can never really go down to zero. So from that standpoint of thinking, I'm creating business models to where when people collect this digital asset, it also represent a physical one, almost like a certificate, you understand me, of authenticity. Even though the digital asset itself has its own value, and that's the whole point of the NFTs is giving digital assets real value the same way the physical assets have. And an example of that is, let's say you have a digital painting, right? If you got a digital painting and somebody, and they've already started creating these things, right? They got the little Apple watches where they have, they put the NFTs in there. I've seen somebody hang up a gallery to where they have, the NFTs playing in these uh, TVs, TVs are sideways and you walk into somebody's house and here's the, the digital painting plan. The thing about that digital painting is you are the only one who has it and the only one who have that real one. So if I walk into Ian's house and I look up there and he has a people, a people, like this is real? How I know this is real, right? Then you show me your transaction on the blockchain and be like, yo, this is real. See, look yeah. at it in my wallet. Now it gives real value, right? Because I know he bought this from the estate of people. And that's the same thing with celebrities getting into it and selling things. And you start to understand, well, how is that valuable that is just digital? Well, think about this. Imagine if you could own a piece of your favorite celebrity estate, right? So imagine if Malcolm X, if you could own a digital, he sold a, a, a digital red bow tie, right? Even if he just sold that digital red bow tie and that was the only NFT he made, it would have value because you now own a piece of Malcolm X's life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Like now you are part of that life experience. And the longer things grow, the more valuable they become. And you're thinking about 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year window, this generation is gonna be the one who's buying all of the expensive NFTs in the future, right? All of the memorabilia, all of the things that are nostalgic to us right now, all the, like, if I put out something and let's say I continue to grow in a 30 year span, you don't even know how valuable my NFT will be to will be. you. Mm-hmm. So some people are buying it up, but they like, yo, I don't know like what this person may do in the next 30 years. This person might die tomorrow. It's like if Tupac had that. one or it's Biggie like, had one. It's like, yeah, it's like if Tupac's yeah. Versace shirt or Biggie's Koji yeah. sweater or yeah. something like Facts. that. Think about even like- Biggie's no, crown just sold. But I think crazy. I think the problem like some yeah. people that that's not fully understanding it is because they, they still haven't fully brought into the world of virtual yeah. reality, which yeah. right. we're moving toward. That's exactly why I was gonna go with you, Keys, because that's one of the, the most interesting things we had at this this afternoon in Miami was, and I'm glad you brought up the digital twin because we we spoke about that when we saw you could buy the sneak in the virtual world and like six months later, you would actually have the physical shoe. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.